And uh, good to see you. So excited that I got to come out and be with our Silverwater location again. It's been a little while since I've been here. I think Amanda was here maybe not all that long ago, but I don't think I've been here during, since we've started the services again. So uh, really good to be with you. Great to see you. Great to see familiar and unfamiliar faces. That's, it's got to be that way with church. It's, it's wonderful to see people that have made this their community and family for years and years and years and years. That's, a, that's, that's what it's all about. But we are a community that exists for those who are not yet a part of our community. And if you're a guest today, we are just thrilled that you are here. We love it. We love that you came this morning, whether it was an invite or you just saw that sign and thought, I'm going to go and visit the service there at that church, whatever it might be. Uh, we love that you are here and we trust that you find this uh, a beautiful time of experiencing God and experiencing community. And uh, we would even love it if you thought, wow, I'm just going to dive in and, and serve Jesus and know him and be a part of what God's doing in this city. So really good to be with you. A, a huge uh, hello from Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle, our senior pastors of C3SYD, our church. If you're a guest, you may not realize you've turned up to a church is, which is one that you call a multi-site church, which is one church, but it has services and connect groups in different locations all over our city. So our senior pastors, Pastor Phil and Chris, they are today uh, ministering at our Avalon location. And uh, they send a, a, a huge hello to Silverwater uh, from Amanda. Amanda is doing our 8.30 service and 10 a.m. service at our Oxford Falls location this morning. So, so we are all over the show. You could say, you know, we're one church in many locations, or maybe we're just one church all over the place. We are all over the place, I tell you. Uh, but it really is good to be here. Let, let me just say as well, and I did commend the team this morning in our team huddle uh, for just going that extra mile so that we could have another service, so that we could have more places, so that we would have more opportunity for people to be able to come together in a service, more guests who are able to come together. So we're now doing the two services, as you're probably aware, and that's a bigger serve, it's a bigger ask, it's a bigger sacrifice. But when I came here this morning, I didn't see anyone going, you know, in our, our team huddle going, oh yeah, that's... That'd be right. The church is asking you to do this. It was more like, I get to serve God for his purposes for this city. And so I just, I think it'd be good for all of us just to thank our team. Put our hands together and thank the team for doing such a good job. Uh, it's, it's a great location. I love our location pastors, Alex and Jesson. If you're a guest and you've not met them, they're the best. They're amazing. They're having a well-earned break uh, this weekend, that's why they're not here. Uh, and I thought also, I'd just mention this in the in in the uh, service is I'm really looking forward after our uh, 10:30 service. I'm going to meet with all of the crew who relocated from Bankstown to Silverwater. So a little while ago, in fact, it was just pre-COVID times that we did that relocation. 
and uh, Bankstown, led by the most excellent Pastor Julie McConaughey. <clears throat> if you don't know Jules, you need to get to know Jules because she has been a part of our church for a long time and uh, started our, mo- our manly location and then handed that over to the Farncombs, who are now the location pastors, came and, and looked after our Bankstown location until this time where we did a relocation here. And I've got to say, if you don't know Jules, let me just tell you, she is a kingdom person. She gets the big picture. She serves Jesus, her Lord and Savior. And I just counted a privilege when I get to serve with people who are putting Jesus and his purposes first. And so we, we wanted to get together with all the Bankstown crew about, what, three or four months ago or something, uh, but then we couldn't do it. So we're doing that this afternoon or, or late morning, whenever that might be, just to celebrate all that God did uh, in and through Bankstown location prior to that relocation. And, and so, hey, put your hands together for Julie McConaughey. Well, who enjoyed... Our time looking at Know Jesus, the series over the the last few weeks. That was our preaching series, Know Jesus. And we we looked at the person of Christ. Uh, Sometimes Christianity and churches and and, and can be all about the peripheral stuff. But you know what is central? Do you know who is central? Jesus. And so just spending this time of looking at who he is. What he did, what he said, why he came to earth. It was just magnificent to do that. We did that over about uh, six weeks or so. And the last week we spent on, we called it the cost of knowing Jesus. And that's a funny one because the cost is nothing and the cost is everything. The cost for knowing Jesus and having a a way made open to know him is nothing because he took all the cost on himself on the cross. All you've got to do is say, thank you. He did it all. The cost is nothing to us. It was huge for him. But the cost of knowing him as Lord, as King, well, that's everything. That's where we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him. So we looked at that last week. And and then uh, this week, we've come into this whole new series, which is every day on purpose, every day on purpose. I'm just so excited about that because to get to live on purpose is, I've got to say this, it's a gift from heaven. Most people on this planet do not know why they're here. Most people on this planet wake up in the morning and have no sense of a compelling purpose for which they are living. Most people on this planet are distressed by that and so don't think about that and just fill their life with busyness. And yet Jesus gives us a gift and that gift is that we can live every day filled with the most satisfying and compelling of purposes that we are living for Him and His purpose on this planet. So the next several weeks, that's what we're looking at. Every day on purpose. And today, the theme for this first one of the series, did you you see what the theme is? Life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. 
Now you might have looked at that and go, okay, every day on purpose, starting with life in the spirit. How does that work? How is that the first part of living every day on purpose? We see this is the foundation because if we were to talk about living on purpose, if we were to talk about serving God, about, about living for the great purposes of God and, and aligning our every day, our Monday, not just our Sunday, with the purposes of God, but we didn't talk about and find out how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I think that that's just setting everybody up for a loss. Because, I'll let you on a little secret, and I have, for the last, let me see, 1978, I was 15 years old, that's when I met Jesus. So I think over a long period of time, I've had every opportunity to fully explore and to prove something, and that is this. Without his help, you cannot live for the purposes of Christ. You just can't do it. Difficult? Nah, impossible. So we would be setting everybody up for a loss if we didn't talk about being filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So that is what we are going to look at this morning with the time we've got. I do want to spend a bit of time at the end with us just waiting upon God to be filled maybe for the first time or to be filled afresh with the Spirit. Acts 2, 1 to 4 is the first scripture we're going to look at. And this talks about that moment that was prophesied. It talks about that time that the ancient prophets spoke of centuries before it happened. It's, it, it talks about that moment that Jesus said, wait for it, wait for it. It's coming, wait for it, because then you'll receive power. And we know it today as the day of Pentecost. And this is what happened in that moment, Acts 2, 1 to 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What was happening? The Holy Spirit was poured out and each of these very human, very much like us disciples, was given power to be the extraordinary people God created them to be and to do something which, quite frankly, was impossible for them. This was the power to be able to be and do what God created them to be and do. This is when it was poured out. This is the empowering for the next 2,000 Years, I don't know how much longer it'll go past 2000, but if you look at the history of, the, of, of salvation and what God's doing in the earth, the last 2000 years has been called the era of the church, or the, I like this one even a bit better, the era of the Holy Spirit. Because this is the time when the Spirit was poured out so that those who are in relationship with God might be led by the Spirit. And might be enabled by the Spirit. And that there would be a huge influx of people into relationship with God and eternal life. So that moment that I just read about, 
the day of Pentecost was the first pouring out, but that pouring out has continued. Indeed, it continues to this day and it continues for you and I. So we're going to look together at that this morning. Let's pray. Father, we open our hearts to you and we ask in the name of Jesus that you would speak to each one of us. Let us hear, let us see what you have got in store for us. If this is a new doorway to walk through today, help us to walk through that. Or if this is a time that we need to be recharged, refilled, re-enabled by the Spirit, that you would enable us to do that as well. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So really today, I've just got two things I want to look at. The first one is this heading, living in the Spirit. And the second is empowered by the Spirit. And I wanted to look at living in the Spirit first, because this is not just about an event. This is not just about a moment. This is about every day being filled, every day being led. And so I want to look at this whole area of living daily in the Spirit before we look at being empowered daily by the Spirit. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote about this to the church in Galatia. So we're going to go there to Galatians 5. And we'll read verses 16 to 26. And this tells us about this whole, more more than just an event of being filled, but more like day by day walking with the Holy Spirit and what that is like. Now, if you're a person who um, underlines or, or you surround or you fill in on your mobile device, there's a few things I want you to do that too as we go through this today. The first one, verse 16, it says, So I say, live by the Spirit. Right? Underline, colour in. Live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, and you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, or underline, colour in, led by the Spirit. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, Orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature and its passions and desires. Get out your marker for this last bit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's a pretty amazing passage, isn't it? 
whole lot of amazing stuff about the everyday living by the Spirit. And I love those terms. Live by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, in step with the Spirit. I think if we're going to get a sense of what Paul was wanting to lead that church in Galatia to, is that this living in the Spirit, it's relational. It's every day. It's knowing the Holy Spirit. It's hearing His voice. It's daily understanding His prompts. And I've found this to be one of the most remarkable things I've discovered about truly having a relationship with Jesus. See, I grew up a religious boy. Anybody here grow up going to church and the church school and all that sort of stuff? Right, I did. Religious boy. I grew up thinking it was all about rules and regulations. And if I did my best to do them, maybe I would please God. I discovered it was impossible. So do you know what one of my main prayers was? Because I didn't want to go to hell. It was, God, I can't do it. If I'm going to die, give me a moment to ask forgiveness because I'm really stuffing up here. Right? That was my prayer as a, as a teenager before I met Jesus. But then I discovered it's about relationship. I discovered it's about walking with the Spirit, knowing Him, spending time in His presence. So what I do every day now, not because it's a rule, but because it's an honor and it's a privilege, yeah. I hang out with Jesus. I hang out with the Holy Spirit. I read the Word. Why? Because that means I tick the box and I get brownie points with God. No, He speaks to me through His Word, the Bible. And then one of the the things that I do in expressing my daily dependence on God, so I've got this um, in in, in my backyard, I put up a, a little like backyard cabana. You know, you've just got to have it certain distance from the side and meet all council's requirements. But I've got it there and there's one side of it faces the north and gets the sun and I can sit there with a cup of coffee in my Bible and just hang out with the Holy Spirit. And I found that the words of the Bible aren't just words. The Holy Spirit very gently just says, check that one out. That's for you, Pat. How does he do that? He just impresses it upon me. And so we talk and he speaks through his word. And then pretty well every day I do this at the end. I go, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. (laughs) You're asking me to do stuff which is beyond my ability Fill me afresh that I can be that person you've called me to be and I can do what you've called me to do. And I just, I just lift my hands and I just go, thank you for filling me. And do you know what? He does. Every day, the power of heaven is available to do the things he's called me to do. Now, What the Bible tells us in that little passage we looked at in Galatians is that if we are living to please the Spirit, we will not gratify the sin nature. 
So, you know, there's, there's that thing every person on planet Earth has, which is, I want to do it my way, right? That's the sin nature. I want to do it my way. And like that passage said, there's a bit of headbutting going on between what the sin nature wants to do and what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. In fact, it said it there in verse, uh, hmm, let's see, uh, verse 24, no, 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 no. In verse uh, 17, they are in conflict with each other, so you do not do what you want. That was me. I wanted to live right before God. But I found I just gave in to temptations. I wanted to live to please God. But I found I just kept stuffing up. And indeed, that was my experience as a Christian for five years. Because I discovered what it was to have relationship with Jesus, but I didn't yet know that there was the power of the Holy Spirit available for me to live as someone who can overcome that sin nature. So he says, you will not gratify the desires of the sin nature, but I want you to notice something else. And this is what was mind boggling for me as a religious boy. I thought, oh, okay, so if it's not about doing whatever you want, it must be about the rules and regulations, the law. But did you notice that it said that those who are led by the Spirit are not under the law? What? That's what, that's what religious people have done for thousands of years. Tried to stop the sin nature and doing whatever we want by sticking everybody under rules and regulations. I mean, if you were to ask anybody, what's it mean to be religious? They'd, they'd tell you, oh, it's all about doing stuff you don't want to do and all the rules and regulations. But there's a radical third alternative. It's not whatever I want. It's not rules and regulations. It's I get to live this life in relationship with the Holy Spirit and I live to please Him. And he helps me to do it. So five years. I, I could have written a book, How to Live in Daily Defeat. <laughs> How to feel convicted and not able to live this life Jesus has for us. How to feel condemned. I could have done the book. But then I discovered that God never wanted me to live that kind of life. He had set it up so that I could live a life in victory, walking relationally with him and a life of purpose that he's empowered me for. I just began to bump into all sorts of people who kept on telling me about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was on the bus one day. I bumped into this girl who I used to know at uh, this other church and she said I've been baptised in the Holy Spirit it's amazing I heard all about it I was doing a bushwalk one day I went to a place where two tracks joined met this young man and <clears throat> through him this lady started telling me about how I could be baptised in the Holy Spirit like it just kept coming at me from all directions so my then girlfriend this hot blonde bombshell 
Amanda. And I went to the Christian City Church in a, uh, a warehouse in D.Y. And I went out the front when it was opportunity to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I was prayed for and my girlfriend was prayed for and she fell over. Thought, what is that? And this language started coming out of her spirit and I didn't understand it. I was to find out that one of the things that can happen when you're baptised in the Holy Spirit is that God gives utterance to your spirit. It's not a language of the mind, but a language of the spirit, which speaks spirit to spirit with God. Whoa! But God had a different journey for me. For me, it didn't happen right there and then. God wanted me to seek him for a bit, so it took a few weeks. But that's okay. God doesn't mind that. There's different journeys being baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I discovered what it was to have the power to be able to do things that I was absolutely unable to do. Let me give you one example. I found that when I met Jesus as a 15 year old, he put a dream in me. And that dream was that I would be able to share the Bible with others and to help them to follow God. That's cool, isn't it? One problem. All through my school years, if you wanted to terrify me, seriously, terrify me, all you needed to do was ask me to speak in front of people. In year 12 English, if I was given one of the English parts of a play to read out, I'm just glad they couldn't see my knees hitting together beneath the desk. I was freaking out. I had a deep fear I would be humiliated. And so I was just ready to run or punch someone. And all I was trying to do is speak. You can imagine that it didn't look real good. But I couldn't deny it. It was a God thing. And then I discovered the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this verse. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God didn't give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. A spirit of power, a spirit of dunamis, from which we get dynamo, dynamic and dynamite. This is the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead and he's given me that spirit. So I thought, Okay, I've proven conclusively I can't do this by the Spirit of Pat. What if I rely on the Holy Spirit? And the next time I was asked if I would speak in front of people because I'd spent the last few years saying no every time because I just didn't want to freak out for days beforehand because I was my, my stomach was filled with butterflies and, and it was just not a pleasant experience. And I said yes. And before... I shared on this, this camp I was on and a school teacher asked me if I would share about how I met Jesus and I was nervous and I could feel a little bit shaky but when I started to share my story about knowing Jesus 
I felt an enabling. I felt the Holy Spirit. And I discovered what it is to be able to step into my purpose for Him, not because I'd made a New Year's resolution, but because I'd discovered the power of God that is available to each one of us as we live for Him. Now, it's not just for a pat standing up here and speaking. Do you know that that power is for every day? It's for every day in our home. No matter what's going on there, what challenges. The power of God is more than enough for every day in our workplace to live for Him, to shine for Him, for every day in our community and our neighbours who so need Christ and to see Him in us for every day giving us ideas. Oh, this is where it gets really exciting. Every day, the Holy Spirit giving us ideas about how we might be kind to someone and then to go and do it so that they experience Jesus. Jesus. 